The following is a production of Art Trap Productions, brought to you by the Gallifrey Embassy and has been made possible by supporting subscribers and donations from listeners like you. This episode is brought to you by Pachak Supporting Subscribers. Go to arttrap.com's Pachak Supporter to become a supporting subscriber. Once again, that's arttrap.com slash Pachak Supporter to become a supporting subscriber. Support the show and get extra content and other bonuses. This episode is also brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download at audiblepodcast.com slash podchock. Over 85,000 titles to choose from for your iPod or MP3 player. This episode is also supported by the Podchock Podcast Companion app for the iPhone, iPad, and iPod Touch, now available in the iTunes App Store. Live from under the doctor's cot, this is Doctor Who Podchock. Okay, well, let's do it now. Whatever it is, if it's valuable, send it to us. (laughs) For the best in all things Doctor Who, it's Doctor Who Podshock, the podcast all about Doctor Who, the longest-running science fiction television program with Louis Trapani. Hello. Ken Deep. Hello. James Norton. Hello. News. Fabulous. Reviews. Oh, no. And fan mail for James. Uh, 40,000. Doctor Who Podshock from the Gallifrey Embassy. You know, that guy James was really cool. Oh, yeah. We blew that. Podshock! I'm the Doctor, and who are you? And who are you? This is the Doctor's darkest hour. He'll rise higher than ever before and then fall so much further. This is the day he finds out who I am. Hey, bye, bye, gum. Okay, where are we? Where we've never, ever been. Look how cool this stuff is. Fear me, I've killed hundreds of time lords. Fear me, I've killed all of them. Coming soon to BBC One and BBC One HD. Coming soon. It's came and gone. The Gallifrey Embassy is celebrating 26 years today. Yes, today. Happy anniversary. This is Doctor Who Podshock, episode 250. And I'm Louis Trapani. And joining me with us on this show is none other than Dave A.C. Cooper from Across the Pond. Hello, Dave. Hi, Louis. And congratulations. It's an absolutely phenomenal record, that. I mean, uh, one of the longest-running uh, fan groups for Doctor Who, I would think, at all. Yeah, we're very old here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's hard to believe. It's uh, 26 years today that the Gallifrey Embassy first um, was um, birthed <laughs> by Amy and Rory, nonetheless. <laughs> yeah, a bit timey wimey sure there. It's not flesh talk in there. <laughs> I don't know. It's we, the real Louis Trapani. Uh, uh, let me sonic myself. <laughs> Can I do that and still maintain a um, general audience rating here? <laughs> I, I well, haven't. Don't use the red setting. <laughs> I haven't turned to mush yet, so I, I'm assuming I'm real. 
At least that's what my uh, the name on the, my underwear says that I'm I'm me. So um, I'm going to assume I am. Yeah, except no in- imitations. Well, we're here on a Saturday, no less, on the anniversary of the Gallifreyan Embassy, 26 years today to the day, and uh, we're going to be touching upon that in today's show, but we're also going to be reviewing the spring 2011 and 2011 series of Doctor Who, um, for the lack of a better name to call it, and we are going ahead towards autumn, which will be the autumn series, if you will, or the... We'll get into that in a minute about <laughs> all the series um, stuff that's been happening going around in the news lately. So, uh, But I do want to take a moment to wish all—we're recording on a Saturday for a reason, because tomorrow is Father's Day. So at least um, I know in the U.S., I'm not sure about other parts of the world. So I want to uh, take a moment to wish all those fathers and and all those um, sons and daughters that have fathers and um, to have a happy Father's Day tomorrow. Enjoy your day. And that includes Indeed. you, Dave. Father's Day. It's Father's Day here in the UK, yes. Um had a nice meal out with my daughter on Thursday, and uh, uh, my son's up in Scotland, so I don't see him, but he's, he's sending me um, uh, Planet of the F- Spiders on DVD as a present. Ah. <laughs> it had a queen mother spider in it, didn't it? <laughs> not, not as bad as uh, the Runaway Bride, though. No. So, and we also have another father that's not with us, which is James Norton. He's a, he's celebrating his first his first Father's Day today. So, we want to congratulate James on um, on behalf of everyone. And I'm sure, well, he's not celebrating Father's Day today. Tomorrow, he'll be celebrating Father's Day. So, well, he might be celebrating it today too. I don't know. So, uh, James, wherever you may be listening right now, Happy Father's Day for the first time. Wishing you a Happy Father's Day. Indeed. So, uh, and I was informed that um, Taras had um, tweeted me earlier today, and he's not going to be able to join us today. He also informed me that that Ken wasn't going to be able to join us either. So, um, I, you know, if he does, that's great. But we'll keep an eye on if, um, you know, if if they do join us. I will certainly watch the room for you, Louis. Okay. What we're going to try to do today, today's point of today's episode is to review this past series, but it's not going to be, we, obviously we've been recording live shows reviewing each individual episode, so we're not going to rehash, you know, what we've already said and done, but sort of uh, kind of go over, maybe give an opportunity for those that didn't have a chance to um, to have their say about a particular episode to chime in about that. We also, because of the format of the live shows, we ran late we land long rather uh, on many of the shows and we didn't have a chance to uh to include some of the audio feedback on episodes that were sent into us so we're going to address those audio feedbacks and and get your take on maybe some of the points and uh, some of the theories that were raised there it's interesting listening to some of the uh feedback that we have gotten over the course of the the past couple of months you know with this new series and some of the uh, speculation that was pondered upon, and some of it was uh, pretty close to the mark, you know. And so it's it's interesting going back, and you probably can go back and listen to our live shows and hear where we may have, you know, speculated and what may came to be and what didn't come to be. And we still don't know what's coming in the autumn. So, but that leads us to the, let's just kind of get this out of the way. There's some confusion about next year's series. 
there's um, uh, there was the BBC controller that had spoken at an event, and um, but Stephen Moffat had well, let's back up. A week before that, it was uh, announced that the series was renewed, and um, that we're getting 14 episodes, and Matt Smith is back, and um, Stephen Moffat had tweeted that as much uh, to confirm that. So um, there, there was some sort of contrary remark that was made that some sort of um, event with the BBC controller, and I don't know if this was hearsay or what exactly how it you know came about you know as far as going public, but um, where it was going to be an abbreviated series or so, or it's going to be split apart the fourteen episodes and the, the second half is going to be pushed closer to twenty thirteen or I don't know, but Stephen Moff has said to wait and see and. Um, you know, he has some something planned. So I don't know. Yeah, one thing it hasn't been an, me, Lewis, it hasn't been a press release, has there? Oh, go ahead, Dave. I'm sorry. Yeah, well, I was going to say one of the things that surprised me is that I already thought that this Christmas special had been commissioned. I thought we yes. had seven mm-hmm. in this start, and there were a further six, and the seventh being the Christmas special. But these new fourteen include one to be this Christmas this, this Christmas then, or next yeah. Christmas I mean this one Christmas. T- 2011 Christmas okay. that's when I assume it to be but the other thing is that um, we, we were speculating about um, whether this season this season break that we're having now indeed some people were saying that this was series 6 and in the autumn it was going to be called series 7 we now know that really is the second half of series 6 we now know that this new 14 series is going to be will certainly be called Series 7. It looks as though, again, uh, with uh, Sherlock and so on, that Stephen Moffat uh, needs time for, that they were they were also using that to move the whole emphasis of the programme towards autumn. But it also seems as though they're skewing it to 2013. So the BBC, rather than coming up with new money and saying, you know, 2013 is going to be a special year. We'll give you an extra 25, 30% on the budget. Basically, what they're saying is you'll have to steal from 2012 uh, to to um, carry over into 2013. We do, of course, have the Olympics. Uh, the UK are hosting the 2012 Olympics. Uh, and uh, maybe, you know, th- th- that's had some bearing on but, it. We know Sherlock is coming back which, uh, of course, Stephen Moffat, along with Mark Gatiss, uh, bring to our screens. Uh, we've heard that um, uh, Stephen Moffat has, has gone on air saying, uh, basically, he's a lazy man, but he's working like 80 hours a week at the moment, and there's only so much, uh, you know, so long a person can mm-hmm. do that. So, you know, is it to alleviate his workload? Is it to move us more towards an autumn schedule or is it to uh, allow money to carry over into the 50th anniversary year of 2013 well obviously for like longtime fans such as myself and you and and um and we, we were speaking to someone before the show began to um who's out listening right now we suffered through the dark times the the times where there was 16 years of no doctor who except for the 1996 movie 
and that was it. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll be pleased with whatever we can get. But, I mean, it, it is, you know, disappointing for not getting the full attention that it deserves or the, the full amount of episodes. So uh, I'm still kind of waiting for some sort of official word from the BBC as far as uh, their intent goes. Because to my – at least a couple of days ago when I last checked, the press office hasn't released any – details officially yet as far as the, the with our plans for next year as far as this year's goes unless it's posted elsewhere or publicized elsewhere it does seem rather strange to me because i mean we've had all this song and dance going on about uh, i mean and I, I know there's a lot of uh, podshot listeners here and uh, uh, podcasting listeners and a, an awful lot of dot who uh, fans in america but for whatever you know, f- group we make up in basically in terms of being breaking into the American consciousness, uh, getting on BBC America and the big launch. I remember people uh, saying that you know they'd actually seen Dot Who posters on the sides of buses or coaches. Yeah, yeah. The, the BBC America has been really promoting it it's more so this year than even last year, and, and they were doing a good job last year. But that, yeah, it's uh, in, in key so cities. A wave. Why are they not riding the wave? That's the point I'm leading up. To. Yeah, no, I when agree. They, when they make the break in and then to stall it. I well I I'm still waiting to get some sort of official word on you know before committing to what's happening because we we still don't know and, and Stephen Moffat had you know at least from what uh, the tweets that I've seen from him didn't really come out you know he just said to hold tight and that you know all will be revealed at at some point you know right. so and somebody's put uh, t- uh, I can never pronounce that name Twickening or something about uh, Dot Two doesn't need to get into America. Uh, Dot Two is British through and through. But the point is, it's it's almost an international brand now. It's a flagship show for the BBC. They're obviously trying to get not only BBC into the American market, but it's obviously uh, helps get them onto these markets where TV buyers around the world buy their series, and and the the BBC is their flagship show into it. And it just seemed. Uh, one of the things that what little I know about American TV is that you know uh, if you if you bring them a hundred episodes or something they're more likely to buy it <laughs> than if you come and say well we'll give you six this year and then in about eight months we'll give you another six more and we might do seven the year after that <laughs> well <laughs> as always thing. we'd like to encourage everyone to support the BBC I mean they need their funding obviously without I mean if this is, comes down to a budgetary decision then you know obviously that, um, as always they need funding so if you're if you don't get it on BBC if you're in the US and you don't get BBC America make sure you you uh, purchase it you know either the DVDs or buy them on iTunes or you know somehow make sure that the BBC gets you know some something for their efforts Makes a lovely Father's Day present. Yeah. And and so speaking of iTunes, I should just make a note that from the beginning of this series, of, of the 2011 series, that iTunes had classified this as a series, or, or they call it season, season six, part one. So we knew that the autumn series was going to be called season six, part two. So, and I'm assuming that nomenclature came from BBC America, which I'm assuming they, you know, has its roots in BBC. So that's why it's not a surprise to me that part one and part two of this is, is making up one complete series, you know, is call it series six, season six, season 32, whatever you want to call it, whatever. <laughs> it gets too confusing. That, that's why sometimes I'll just go with the, the year and this way we all know what we're talking about. So speaking of, of this 
series. That's what we're going to be talking about. So obviously, if you haven't seen any of this episode, any of these episodes that we're going to be talking about, we must sound the spoiler alert because um, there, there'll be spoilers here. And um, so make sure. It- spoilers. Spoilers. Again. Spoilers. So make sure you've uh, seen all these episodes before going any further, because uh, we're not, we're not going to be holding back. Spoilers. Yeah, and, and I, I would Spoilers. add to that as well. If they've seen some episodes but not others, it may well be that because we're talking about all seven episodes at once, something that somebody has seen and he's talking about episode one or two may then suddenly jump to something that happened in episode seven because they interrelate. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you've seen, if you haven't seen right to the end, even that could be difficult for you. And as I said before, we're going to try to make the show original, so that we're not going to be just kind of retalking the same talking points that we talked about in our previous live shows. And we're going to be getting your feedback, uh, both uh, some of the a handful of recorded feedback as well as live feedback. So please put yourself in the queue if you would like to participate in today's show. And you, as always, while we're doing this live, you can call in to, to the live show at 724-444-7444. And when you call, you'll need the call ID for the show, and that number is 23358. And you can call anytime. I do recommend that you go to TalkShoe.com, if possible, and register there. It's free to uh, open a, to register and open an account there. And this way, it will give you a name attached to your call so that we can um, you can actually put yourself in the queue via the website. And also join in the chat session. There's a live chat session that goes on when we record these live shows. So you can even if you don't want to call in, you can also participate that way. I think it was the end of April, if, if I'm not mistaken, maybe April 23rd or somewhere in that vicinity that The Impossible Astronaut premiered and that launched the new yeah. series. It was indeed the 23rd, yeah. Yeah. So just uh, as sort of a refresher here, and I have to thank Dave in advance for preparing these clips. He did this throughout the whole series, as he's done in previous years as well. So here's uh, a, one of those clips that he had prepared. I saw you before at the lake. I'm here. But then I forgot. What are you? Get back! Oh! Oh my god, look at that! Is that a Star Trek mask? Why did you have to kill her? Hello, this is President Nixon. It's here! Spaceman's here! It's gonna get me! It's gonna eat me! It's all right. I'm sending my best people. Where are we? The president asked the girl where she was, and she did what any lost little girl would do. She looked out of the window. We moved. How? How can we have moved? We haven't even got to space travel yet. I was going to cover it with time travel. Time travel. Braveheart Canton. So come on. 
Little girl, let's find her. So where does that go? Be careful. Careful. Tried that once. Ever so dull. Hang on, River. It's a maintenance hatch. These tunnels. They're not just here, they're everywhere. to tell you something. I have to tell you it now. Not a great moment. No, it's important. It has to be now. I'm pregnant. That's it. The astronaut. chills there <laughs> i haven't watched it since um you know since the series concluded so it's um it could be interesting going back and watching this story once again the impossible astronaut and i'm going to be careful not to say impossible planet <laughs> is uh opened up the series it was very it, in an epic form it was in the it takes place in the u.s and both uh this and the following episode the day of the moon takes place there and it's it, it's a cinematic really event here that really lays the well the story arc for the ser- for for what's going to come so we are you know we learn about the child here and this mysterious child that no one knows who she is including river song and um, as, as someone had mentioned in um in chat last time uh i think it was that last record our last live show i kept on saying river phoenix for some reason i don't know why i didn't see it it's not like i saw a recent river phoenix movie but for some reason and it's not like river song is a new character that i had to get used to her name or something like that but whatever i'm going to try not to say that uh I, the first time i caught it you know and i corrected myself in our, in our live show and the second time <laughs> it was completely unaware i even said it again so um but uh, it was i i thought it's i thought the series started off on a very high note uh, as far as production goes it was um very much um a a dramatic story and i i think they really nailed it i, I you know I, and again I, I think we covered all that in our in our live review of that i don't know if we have any further thing to add now obviously it's this the it ends well it doesn't end it begins actually with uh, the death of the doctor and that scene is going to be prevailing throughout the next you know the the, the next handful of well the next seven episodes whatever and it's still going to continue because that still hasn't been resolved and you know we'll have to wait for autumn hopefully to get some sort of resolution on you know what that is all about but we have to assume that we know who the the girl is and we have to assume that the girl's in the astronaut suit, but we don't know that for sure in the beginning. I mean, it, we don't know what's going to come to be. Maybe it's it's not her. But we do know that uh, River Song was uh, imprisoned for killing a good man, as I said in our last live show, and a good man went to war. <laughs> so we have to assume that it is her and, um, you know, and but we'll have to see. Obviously, there's lots of unanswered questions. 
David. Well, the thing is, is we don't we we don't know. Uh, well, we, we, actual fact, we we can say a lot of things we don't know because basically, um, for each an- question that's been answered, three or four more new ones have been raised. Exactly. I think the key word for for this series of anything. I mean, uh, Ken always says, you know, uh, you know, he judges things by their rewatch ability. I think this series, it's not a question of rewatchability. I think it's a question of you almost have to rewatch them a few times because there is so much in there. there I mean, literally, um, that's why doing those clips is so difficult. Literally, you can miss out one, uh, one little phrase, and that could have turned out to be a, a pivotal phrase in the whole story. Uh, just for instance, like the, the, the part where River Song is shooting at the receding astronaut person going back into the river and she says uh, of course uh, and it, but it's such a throwaway line um, the, the, the importance of why they have to get rid of the, the body because um, just one uh, cell of the doctor's body of time lord sought for by everyone yeah. um, the, the very fact that um, ooh um, well uh, if I uh, I'm going to have to list too many if I do that, so I will stop at that point. But I think uh, there's two things. One, the fact that there's so many, virtually everything has a meaning or a, a relevance somewhere down the line. And the second thing that saying to the fore, particularly in the two parts of the Rebel Flesh and the Almost People, it was the amount of misdirection. I mean, even even in... In, in the opening one or two, we, we have misdirection because, uh, of course, uh, and I, I take it we're all right to jump between these. Mm-hmm. Sure, episodes. yeah, yeah. Uh, you have to almost watch this again because we now know that this is Ganga, Amy, on this whole story. Now we know. You know, <laughs> yeah. So, so I mean, you're almost. Do, does that change the meaning of any of the lines? For instance, uh, when Ken, Kevin. Uh, Delaware the third or whatever says that is the most definitely the doctor and he is most definitely dead is that there to stop people when we've seen the last one thinking oh it's the ganga that got killed it's the ganga that got mm-hmm. killed uh, and did he put that definite phrase in because I thought it seemed a bit strange him saying that is most definitely the doctor and he's most you know yeah. as though to forestall mm-hmm. any of these thoughts later yeah, and watching it when we watched it for the first time before we knew about the Flesh people, uh, was it just seemed odd then, because how would he know that's definitely the Doctor? I mean, he didn't, he didn't even touch him. I mean, it could be, you know, you know how could he yeah, be so I mean, certain? Well, on face value, you could argue, well, that's just to, to enhance the fact that this man was a trusted friend of the Doctor. Therefore, him saying that means he knew the doctor intimately and these people can trust what he says. So on that, it works on that level. But the emphasis seemed to have an underlining meaning and now is that underlining meaning to us that, um, you know, no, 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 I haven't played a trick on you here. That really is the doctor that's died. But of course we do know that that's the doctor, not our 900-year-old doctor. It's the, the 1100-year-old doctor. But you, you you know that Amy and Rory would have a more intimate uh, relationship with the Doctor. I don't mean that sexually wise, but I mean you know it, yeah. than than Mister Canton Delaware the Third. So if if they weren't sure, how could he be so sure? So that's uh, again, I think you're right. I think it was just there to um, to detour any thoughts of thinking that this is a flesh Doctor. 
You know, I, I think it was yeah. just a, dev- a storytelling device there to lay the groundwork so that later when, um, you know, when episodes like the Rebel Flash and the Almost People are aired, that we don't start going, oh, well, that obviously is not the real Doctor. And I think that's why they deliberately, at the end of the Almost People, they they killed off, in a sense, the Flash Doctor, even though the Doctor, the, 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 the Time Lord Doctor said that he could uh, continue on in, in some sort of existence. So I'm not sure if we've seen the last of the Flesh Doctor and, um, you know, uh, and, yep. and I'm not sure if we've seen the last of the silence either because all last series, when I say last series, I'm talking about 2010 now, it was all built up, you know, the si- silence will fall, silence will fall. And then in the first couple episodes, they they fall. And I'm sure we haven't seen or heard the last of them, no pun intended, you know. <laughs> no, indeed. And the other thing is that so, so counter to the fact that I said virtually everything, it, well, not everything is important, but anything could be important. Uh, we we had that. Uh, I mean, there's only one story where I've seen what appears to me to be poor editing, and uh, I think everybody in the room here will know, and, and many of the listeners listening to the recording later uh, will know when I say that. I'm referring to um, you know the bosun disappearing in the the curse of the black spot. But in this particular one, at the end of uh, the Impossible Astronaut, after that lovely scene with River Song and Rory, where River Song is explaining to Rory about why she's so sad. And, and, and um, doesn't realise the, the empathy that Rory has with that speech because as she's talking about, you know, a man drops out of the sky into your life and this, that and the other. And he, of course, is equating it with, you know, how he thinks at that time Amy's head is being turned by the doctor dropping out of the sky, as it were. Uh, but there's the scene after they leave that underground uh, ship, um, the uh, Rory goes out and there's a flash of light and I'm thinking, well, that's funny because in Day of the Moon, uh, Rory's there with no explanation of what happened. So um, I think for me, uh, apart from um, who's in the suit, uh, you know, at the moment of the killing, uh, the fact uh, the fact that we see a gang uh, in Monday times when they're having the picnic, in other words, before they go back to 1969, uh, if, if the message that the Doctor had given subliminally, you know, over from the moon landing saying, you know, uh, killers, you must kill us on site, kill us on site, mm-hmm. um, one assumes that that message has been reverberating ver- through the world since 1969, and, um, but yet we seem to appear to know that is at least one of the um, the silence still alive when they're having that picnic at the side of the lake. Uh, mm. And the other thing is, um, what what happened to that Rory? I mean, was Rory taken by the silence at that point or not? Was something done to him? Was he changed into a ganger at that point? Um, I know some people have said that um, when the doctor uh, and I'm, again I'm. I'm jumping about between yeah, episodes sure. so that when, when I finish talking, other people can come on. Now, they say, when, when the doctor says in the TARDIS to Amy, you've not been with us for a long time, and he uses his sonic device to disrupt the link between her and the real Amy having the baby, and she sort of uh, liquefies into this flesh, he asked Rory to move away. Now, did he ask Rory to move away because he might have melted? Uh, Oh, uh, mm-hmm. Was it to stop him getting in the way or what? 
I don't know. Uh, That's, uh, I, the I, other, the other I, thing, and, I didn't um, think of that. I That's... think I'll let, when Kobo comes on, I'm sure, I think it was Kobo that mentioned it, is that one of the things was said that um, the TARDIS has stabilized the flesh, but it obviously didn't stabilize uh, the, the gang that was Amy. Uh, but again, other people have said that the reason for that is that um, the ones that uh, the 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 one that is going to become the new father, the little boy, um, um, that uh, chap, he was stabilised with the TARDIS because he's an individual, because the lightning actually created his own identity, where uh, the the ganger that is Amy is is basically just um, a linked person. She hasn't got a personality of her own. What is animating her? She believes to be yeah, a the flesh avatar in yeah. the TARDIS. Yeah, good yeah, point. So, if I'm making this point badly, I apologise to listeners later, and you're banging on the on the table or something. <laughs> the point I'm trying to make is, you have to really go. Well, not have to. You would. You're driven to go back and check out the relevant things that were said, because some things had two meanings. Some things with misdirection. Other things may have meanings that go back all the way back to the eleventh hour, even. All right. Well, we do have a one piece of feedback that was sent in from D Scott seven fifty about the Impossible Planet, and this is D Scott seven fifty Scott from Tulsa. Saw Impossible Astronaut. I want to say it was an excellent episode, and as uh, Ripper would say, spoilers uh, about the silence. One, they're either mutated humans, or two, they're possibly mutated TARDIS crew members, because how many silence have we heard? Uh, have we seen? I mean, oops, haven't seen? This is the Scott 750 say ciao for now. Well, thank you, Scott. And uh, Did I just say Impossible Planet before? I don't know. I can't keep track of myself. <laughs> the, the, the Impossible Planet, that was the one that River Phoenix was in. Yeah, that's the one. So uh, yeah, we, I, we have to be um, respectful to uh, this recorded, you know, to the recorded feedback that was sent in. That was, uh, you know, obviously prior to later episodes. That uh, so the speculation that goes on there sometimes um, is is off. Which we are speculating about the next series or the second half of the series, and we can be completely off as well. So um, you know, it's obviously. Um, I think the silence is uh, we learn is an, is another race, and uh, um, and I still I still think we haven't heard the last of them. <laughs> so uh, we, we move on to uh, Day of the Moon, which is the follow up uh, episode of um, the Impossible Astronaut. Help me, Amy! Can you hear me? Try to blow the lock. I need you to stand back. Okay, got that. I've got it. Where is she, Doctor? Wherever she is right now, this is what she's saying. Amy, can you hear me? We're coming for you. She can't hear you. It's one way. I, I think someone has been shot. I think we should help. Who and what are you? Silence. We ran from the silence. Silence will end. You're ugly. Has anyone mentioned that to you? We do you honor. You will break. 
whatever that means, you've made a big mistake bringing me here, because wait till you see what's coming for you now. Oh, interesting. Very Avon Road. I've seen one of these before. First, you tell me about the girl. Who is she? Why is she important? Ready. Ready. given the order for your own execution. And one whacking great kick up the backside for the silence. You just raised an army against yourself. Dare I ask, will I be remembered? No, Dickie. Tricky Dickie. They're never going to forget you. So, you okay? You told me you were pregnant. Yes. Why? Because I was. I mean, I, I thought I was. Turns out I wasn't. Are you okay? Little girl, are you okay? It's all right. It's quite all right. I'm dying. But I can fix that. It's easy, really. See? There we were left hanging in front, trying to figure out who this little girl is, and uh, she's regenerating, and uh, and she knows about it. So we have to assume that she's probably regenerated before, and she's still a, a, a young girl. So we have to assume that uh, obviously when the doctor regenerates, his age, his appearance, as far as his age goes, seems to span late 20s to uh, to uh, well, you can argue about the first doctor, but. But then again, the first doctor was the first doctor, so that was his probably his natural aging process there. But anyway, so we have to assume that an adult Time Lord won't regenerate into a child, one has to assume. But you can never assume in Doctor Who, at least not anymore. So uh, anyway, but we see uh, River Song in this story has no knowledge or memory of this little girl being her, if it is her. And or is she just being coy because of you know spoilers? We're not even sure she's regenerating. Well, I mean she must be regenerating, but I mean uh, again to throw uh, things into the to the mix, uh, they use exactly the same orangey glow for the regeneration as they did when we went to the doctor's wife, and uh, you know we were talking about the soul of the TARDIS. So um, mm-hmm. w- w- we're not. It's totally that, sure. It's I mean, that TARDIS it's juice. <laughs> Sorry? I said it's that TARDIS juice. You know, it's the same thing that that um, th- that, that, um, Rose that Rose, you know, had it absorbed. Had yeah. So... Yeah. Uh, I was going to say, that is, is, is undoubtedly one of the biggest... Um, well, there's a three-letter phrase, but I, I could say what the moment really was when uh, she started to regenerate. I, I don't necessarily agree with you that she looks as though she did it before. Well, no, no, she, she said she knows about it. I, she I, I, don't, I don't know if she did it before, but she she says that that's okay, because um, she said, I'm dying, but that's okay. I, I forget the exact yeah. terminology yeah, she yeah. used, but she knows, she seems to be aware of I that can she can regenerate. That. I can fix that, yeah. she says. Yeah, and then she lo- but then she looks in wonderment as the actual experience happened. It could be, but, uh, yeah. Like, Excellently done, but um, 
this is one of the conundrums between the whole thing. Uh, again, one of the, the go, just going back to the bit where River Song was examining the, the spacesuit, and it said, you know, whatever was inside, it had tremendous strength to get out. Uh, but we're assuming it was this young little girl, as we originally thought, uh, presumably some human girl uh, that was in it. Uh, and then we have this um, experience in the alleyway. I mean, uh, it was undoubtedly um, one of the biggest uh, shocks that they've ever brought out. And thankfully, um, I, I would certainly say, I know there's been a lot of to-dos in various quarters about you know, spoilers and uh, what's an official... Uh, hint from the BBC and what's a come on, what's a tease, what's a spoiler. But I really do feel as though the people that will have enjoyed this series the most are the people who've stayed away and not been spoiled. Mm. All right, we have another piece of feedback, this one from Brent Johnson about Day of the Moon. Hey guys, this is Brent Johnson again. I've talked to you since last year. I don't wait until I'm one of those people that can't judge part one. I have to wait and see both of them. But uh, I thought I'd wait and, and uh, let you know what I thought of the whole two-parter. I thought it was awesome. In fact, uh, after Day of the Moon, I told my wife and my kids that uh, I just thought that was one of the best Doctor Who's ever made. But uh, and, and I like the direction it's going now, at least for a little while. I, I hope it doesn't stay very, very... Uh, you know, you have to watch the episodes like 10,000 times in a row to, to get everything, uh, like Lost or, or you know, shows like that. But it's cool for right now for a while. Uh, it would be nice to see some standalone episodes, which um, I'm, I'm sure are coming up soon. But uh, but I really like uh, how tightly wound it is and, uh, and everything. I... Uh, I've, pretty much flipped out at the end with the uh, with the girl regenerating that was really awesome and totally unexpected my theory is we never found out how susan came to be she just appeared and we just took it that she was his granddaughter uh i know this is totally fanboy and totally out there but i had an idea that possibly uh, rory well that we'll see the doctor and River uh, get together, possibly get married for a little while. Um, and I think their daughter is Amy. And I think Rory and Amy have the little girl that we saw regenerating who uh, would have Time Lord blood in her and that it would be Susan. And then maybe somewhere down the line, the doctor takes Susan back to his first incarnation to take care of her uh, while he's gone. So I know it's totally far out there. It would probably never happen. And um, this little girl is probably somebody just totally different. And I also thought, you know, maybe she does or doesn't exist because of the whole TARDIS uh, doing the pregnancy test there, positive, negative, positive, negative. Like maybe... Her pregnancy depends on something that could possibly happen in the future or not. So it's kind of waiting on which timeline to take, depending on some future decision. Kind of like Amy's choice last year um, depended on a decision. Anyway, um, hope to uh, hear from you soon, these review shows and everything. Looking forward to it. All right, thanks. See you. Well, thank you, Brent. 
and you were right about the baby being, I mean, the child being the the the, the baby or the of um, Amy and Rory. Some of the other stuff, you know, we know not to be true now, but um, you know, it's always fun to speculate and <laughs> see what happens later on. So well, yeah, I mean, there's lots of things. I mean, uh, the, the 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 reveal. Well, I won't say the reveal. Well, we can say it. But uh, the whole point is the little conversation that they had around the crib, uh, River Song and the Doctor, which we weren't privy to. Yeah. So um, we know there's more. Diff- yeah, yeah. There seems to we be know more there. Who River Song is. She's she's Amy and Rory's daughter. But we don't know what she is in terms of what she's to the Doctor. But I think Brett has another really good valid point there. This is uh, really been an arc-heavy series, and uh, while I think a lot of fans are really enjoying it, uh, I, I don't think necessarily it's the way that Doctor Who always should be. And there's always this point of will it put off casual casual viewers of getting into the series mm-hmm. because uh, I mean, have, it, yeah. it's absolutely great for us, uh, I think. But um, I don't think... I mean, I, I tried to watch Lost and I completely gave up on it. But on the other hand, I do like uh, uh, series art. But as we know, some of these things may even go all the way back to, um, you know, Prisoner Zero in a, 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 yeah. and why was Amy's house mm-hmm. like it wasn't. I, I think I think you're right. I I think we're still more involved with Amy and you know who she is and why she's tied you know so much to the Doctor. At least since the Eleventh Doctor came into existence, you know um, this whole the, the way the series opens. There, it's Amy and Rory after they they seem to have left the Doctor. You know because they're living their life together, you know wherever they are, you know, and then they're getting clues, you know, via television and books and whatever that the doctor's trying to reach out to them supposedly. So um, there's this whole you know missing gap of you know from last series to this series on on their adventures and what happened there. And obviously at some point Amy is uh, replaced with a flesh flesh avatar. Mm, indeed. Um, so, um, an awful lot of things there that uh, that will still. I mean, we still got to pan out. I mean, we don't uh, really know who was controlling the TARDIS, which was one of the other things. I mean, that, that led to the uh, the the explosion that with the you know the Pandorica opens and the Big Bang. Uh, there was somebody else in control of the TARDIS at that point. Mm-hmm. Well, do you want to move on to the curse of the black spot yet? I'm, what I'm going to do is gonna, to... I, I just want to take because I know he's we, we spoke with him before the show began. We have a a, um, a caller in the queue there. He's a uh, Pachak supporting caller as well. So we just and he's calling in from work. So I, I don't know how much time he has. So uh, just going to take a, a brief moment to get him on board and speak a little bit with him. And um, and his name is Stuart. So Stu, are you still there? Yeah, yes, I am. So it's yeah, good to have y'all. you back on with us. And I say back because we spoke with you earlier. But right. also, uh, you've been a longtime member of the Gallifrey Embassy going back to the 80s. So Yeah, I, I'll tell you. Um, you know, I've just recently discovered Podshock, and I'm devouring it. I'm going back. Um, I immediately supported it. 
Well, thank you for that. Real quality product. Uh, I really love it. Uh, but uh, I met, I first met uh, you and Ken Deep and uh, the whole Gallifrey Embassy in 1987. Uh, I know you've talked about this uh, particular icon that uh, Colin Baker mm, was appearing. Yes. It also happened to be the same weekend that Patrick Troughton died. Yeah, I know. It's a terrible. And that was where I met the club, and you know, I joined immediately, and you know, I met my first doctor, lost the doctor at the same time. It was, it was all kind of you've used the word surreal. It was a weird kind it of. It was a very surreal. Uh, Event, yeah. I mean, the, the the convention, to no fault of the convention organizers, but I mean, there was uh, there was no preventing it. You know, the convention started off great. We were on a high note. Uh, Colin Baker was there, and then you know, and then halfway through the convention, we heard the news that we lost Patrick Troughton at another convention in in the U.S. Um, right. I, I think it was Georgia, where we were in New York. So it was. Uh, and uh, you know, I just I've had surreal. some great experience. I've been out of the mainstream of Doctor Who fandom for about ten years. I'm getting back into it now. I'm really enjoying it. But, you know, I, I've spent uh, a number of pledge drives, you know, with the club, uh, dressed up as the fifth doctor on television a number of times. Uh, and there was one pledge drive in particular. It was, uh, it was in December of 1990. Now, I remember this because uh, there was a very small convention with Sophie Aldred and Tom Baker. Mm-hmm. And I remember it was in December because Tom Baker did a one-man reading of the Christmas Carol. It was, it was, it was fantastic. But from the convention, we went to Channel 21, the local public, uh, yeah, public television station. Yeah. And uh, we did uh, the pledge drive with Tom Baker and Sophie Aldred. And about halfway through the pledge drive, they needed some place. They wanted to do an interview with Sophie Aldred, and they, they couldn't find some place to put her. So they literally threw her in my lap and did the interview <laughs> live on television with her sitting in my lap. Yeah, that was like, uh, that was like you know, wow. so much fun for me. Oh, good luck. Yeah, it was. It, I was quite fortunate for a number of reasons there, uh, but it, it was it was just a spectacular time. As a matter of fact, the next time I did a pledge drive at Channel Twenty One, they put me live on camera, one on one, interviewing me about that prior situation. Yeah, and, I think, and I've just had some great times yeah. with the club. I'm really glad to be getting back into it. Uh, I'm going to Gallifrey for the first time ever. Uh, next year, simply because I've heard, you know, I, I listened to the, the recent pod uh, podcast review, mm-hmm. the last one. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I have to get to this. Yeah, it's, and, it's uh, a mecca just, for Doctor Who fans. <laughs> yeah, I've never been. I'm so looking forward to it. I've got all my airfare, everything all locked up already. I've got my room. Um, Fantastic. And I'm, just, I'm really, I'm, I'm counting the days. And uh, yeah, so that's my my experience with the club then and now. And if you just give me a, a moment to, to to speak on the current series, sure, I appreciate definitely. it. Definitely. Well, uh, first, uh, I, I want to thank I mean, you for calling and just and, and sharing your thoughts about the, the, the organization, the Galfrey Embassy. It is today's the 26th anniversary, so it's very apropos that you called and, and shared some well, of your that's thoughts. That's why I made the move, yeah. absolutely, yeah. Uh, and uh, as far as the current series go, I mean, it's just spectacular. I mean, let me just jump ahead to uh, the, the doctor's wife because it was, I mean, the reveals and everything aside, it was the highlight of, you know, this shortened season for me uh it just you know neil gaiman it just truly shows uh, a knowledge and love for the history of the show and it was just a brilliantly scripted episode yes yeah and, it was a, a treat for you know it's a treat for longtime doctor who fans but i think it was a treat for all doctor who fans yeah yeah i, I hope that they they ask him back because he really clearly has has uh, his hand on the, on the pulse of what's going on mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, as far as, you know, and I was talking to uh, Dave off, off air before. Let me throw something really wacky out at you before somebody else does, or maybe you've already thought of it yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, as we all know, uh, time travel is really messy. Uh, I love the expression timey-wimey used to describe it. Yeah. And um, 
you know, so now we know that River Song is Amy's child, but you know, there, there was that little conversation that we don't know what that was about between River and the doctor. And mm-hmm. he looked and goes, but we've, and she yeah. said, yes, I know. And so in a whole convoluted, timey-wimey sort of way, could Amy be the daughter of the doctor and River Song and therefore be her own granddaughter? I mean, it's, it's out there. So I'm sure they're not going to go there. But, <laughs> but, but, but what you're saying is that could could Amy be the the child of of the doctor and and River? That would and make River Song. But that's that's her daughter, so she, she would be the mother and the daughter. She would be no. her own grand. She would be her own granddaughter. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, Tommy Wimey, here you go. Well, the, 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 when the, uh, no, I don't think cop, so. they're, they're looking at it, and uh, the doctor's just like kiss your lips at her, and this, that, and the other, and uh, the fact that we know that they do carving on whoever's slept in the cot, and it certainly looked, you know, I mean, it looked as though something connected with them had also slept in that cot. Yeah, so, I mean, it, it's all very interesting. I'm really looking forward to it. Tons of questions need to be answered. I'm just a very excited Doctor Who fan right now. And I'm just, you know, I'm really, you know, just reveling in getting back into the, the hardcore fandom, uh, enjoying the episodes. Uh, you know, just as a side note, it was a show that I always used to watch with my father back in the 80s, and my father passed away a few years ago. And just, you know, every time I watch the show, it makes me think of my father, and that's just another, you know, mm-hmm. gift to, that the show has given me. Was your father a watcher or a fan of it as well? Oh, yeah. He was a huge fan. Oh, yeah, that's, him and that's I, great. In fact, uh, that, that convention I mentioned with Tom Baker and Sophie Aldrich, he was there with me. Oh, fantastic, yeah. I think that yeah, was the last so, time uh, Tom Baker was in this area. Uh, yeah, I mean, that was 1990. It's been a while. It's 16 years, yeah. Something yeah, like so uh, I am getting the call now. I have to get back okay. to work. I apologize. No, no, I'm, I'm glad. To squeeze this in. Yeah, Thank I'm glad you, you were so able to. Thank you so much for giving me the time. And, Thank uh, you. I hope you let me drop in again sometime. You're always welcome. Thank you so much, Stuart. Yeah, all right, bye-bye. All right, cheers. Cheers, bye. All right, so... Uh, nice, nice thoughts. Yeah, yeah, it's great to hear him again. Uh, it's, you know, we've, the Gallifrey Embassy has been around for 26 years, and not obviously not everyone's active throughout all those years. So it's good, you know, sometimes people are active for a number of years, and then, uh, you know, other distractions come along. And then, obviously, we had this whole long period, as I mentioned, I don't know if it was on the show or before the show, uh, that there was no Doctor Who on, you know, from 1989, with the exception of the 1996 movie, TV movie, there was nothing until 20... Um, 05, 2005. So um, a lot of people, you know, kind of moved on and, and not that they are no longer fans, but they, their fan activity or how active they are with fandom diminished or, or moved elsewhere. Uh, and you mentioned before that there's a, a chat going on here while we do this and uh, Captain Rum, Rum has put in there and going green with em- envy about uh, Aldred envy about that story. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, unbelievable. You're quite Captain Run. Yeah, Maybe um, Harriet. That'd be even better, but still. Uh, you know, I do miss those times. That, you know, it was a lot of fun doing those pledge drives, and you know, now that Doctor Who's on BBC America, and unfortunately, the if you you know the the older series isn't really shown at all, except for you know, it's only the new episodes that are are really shown in the um, at least here. Maybe there might be some. PBS stations here and there that might still be running older episodes, but I really wish they were more commonplace. And you would think with the resurgence of interest now with Doctor Who and how popular BBC, you know, the ratings that BBC America has been getting, that there would be, um, the trouble is that PBS can't afford it. I I think, unfortunately, they priced the new series, uh, the old series now out where it's just not feasible for PBS to carry it. And I I think that's part of the problem there. It's unfortunate. Mm. 
because I really wish well, th- these older episodes would get some exposure, and it would be great doing these. You know, we would love to help the PBS stations doing the pledge drives again. And but well, you know. there, there is some uh, g- both good news and bad news about the BBC iPlayer. You know, the, the developing the international BBC iPlayer, mm-hmm. uh, and originally they were talking about it going to America first and uh, being subscription based. You know, nine. Nine or ten dollars a month or whatever, uh, but what seems to be happening at the moment, the focus is that they they seem to be getting the European one up and running first. But one of the things, and this is the good news part that's been said, is that um, whereas the the standard BBC iPlayer for UK viewers is for catch-up service, uh, the there can be quite a shift in emphasis with an international pay one because they can put much more of the BBC back catalogue on it and basically it become like a, a BBC app mm-hmm. for, you know, like a Netflix for BBC, if you know what I mean. Uh, I suppose they've also got to, and in actual fact, when I think about it, the classic ones would be easier to put on that BBC iPlayer because they're not going to be stepping on the, the, the shoes of channels that they've sold the new series yeah. to mm-hmm. by, you know, selling it at a cheaper price. Uh, so it may well be that these things will come, but it does look yeah. as though they're going to develop the European intra- um, one first before they do well, the Well, you, you can get the older episodes, you know, via... I, it's not all of them, but you can get some of them via iTunes. You can get some of them, uh, I think, through Amazon, uh, Netflix, and, you know, other sources that you can legitimately, you know, get these and, and see these. And there's the, uh, the YouTube one, isn't there? There's a classic Dot Two YouTube. Are, are they showing full episodes? I mean, are they showing? Are they just clips? So I know there, there's a couple YouTube channels that show just like clips. You know, I think classic Doctor Who or something like that. Um, but maybe they are showing complete episodes. I don't know. if I'm assuming you would have to pay for them. Right. I can't say that. But again, in text, uh, I wish I. Why can't people use names I can say? Uh, <laughs> Twicken in or whatever it is. Uh, BBC Four Air Classic Doctor Who around early morning. Uh, and midnight of the weekend here in the UK. Yeah. Well, and iTunes UK has classic Doctor Who free. Mm-hmm. And just to kind of touch upon what Stuart had mentioned, if you do want to help support us by becoming a Podshock supporting subscriber, we do encourage that you will you will be bumped up in the queue during these live shows, as well as other perks such as getting some receiving extra shows, extra content that we do. And speaking of which, I know while we've been doing these live shows, we haven't been doing any extra episodes. So uh, I think the the episode that will immediately after this one will be an extra episode, and we'll get more extra episodes out to our supporting subscribers and to learn how to become a supporting subscriber, simply go to podshock.net or artchop.com and up there on the top there you'll see a banner on how to become a Podshock supporting subscriber and for a low monthly fee you'll be helping supporting us. It does make a tremendous difference and we really need your support now more than ever and in fact um, I know Stuart had mentioned about going to Gallifrey this well next year in, in 2012 February 2012 and right now the, the budget isn't really there for us to return to Gallifrey so we really need that support now more than ever, and um, just to, just to pay for our last trip, which we, we still haven't done yet. So it's really tight times for us right now, and we really need your support. So we're, we're thinking about doing other fundraising events to um, to help us along there. But uh, we really want to get back to Gallifrey, and we are always open for advertisers as well. So there's um, information on advertising on our show too. So on our website, podshock.net or com. But again. 
Uh, a big thank you to all our supporters. And I know uh, Kobo was in the queue there before, and I'm assuming he still wants to chat, so we'll get him on in a bit. So once again, thank you to Stu and all our Podshock supporting subscribers for making this show possible and um, making a difference. You have to take full responsibility. I was drowning. You just have to resuscitate. Uh, just. You've seen them do it loads of times in films. CPR, the kiss of life. Rory, this isn't a film, okay? What if I do it wrong? You won't. Come on, Rory. Not here. Not this way. Not today. David. You still can. You can still do this. He believes in you. Come on, Amy. <laughs> was an excellent pirate. I thought you were an excellent nurse. Easy, tiger. Good night, doctor. Good night, Amelia. You only call me Amelia when you're worrying about me. I always worry about you. You can't tell him. It's his future. I know. So that takes on some different meaning now that, uh, you know, him saying Amelia, he knows that's not really the real Amy Pond, you know, and he's worried about her and he's not letting on to her what you know, the, the flesh avatar of her, what's going on. And, and meanwhile, her and Rory aren't letting on to him about his future death. So it seems like, you know, everyone's keeping secrets from each other. So it's, it's interesting now hearing that clip now and, and, you know, knowing what we know now. And also it makes sense now that, that whole, um, scanning the, the, um, scanning for the pregnancy that was going on. Maybe, you know, that was really the doctor checking the status of, uh, of the, the, of the real Amy, you know, I don't know. I mean, that, that would make sense. The reason why that was just going on and on in every episode. You, I was at one point I made a comment in one of our live shows, like you would think the TARDIS scanner would work already. He, he still can't get a pregnancy, um, test done. Yeah, well, people were thinking it was looking, forgetting, looking, forgetting. But the other thing it makes even more sense about is the fact that after the first two-part opener, the Doctor 
went off on a what seemed to be a wild goose chase and sort of, hang on a minute, hang on a minute, aren't we going looking for this girl? Yeah, I know, that uh, seemed and of unusual. Course the doctor had this pretext, so he wanted to find out more about what, what was wrong with Amy. He knew there was something wrong, and he wanted to find out more about um, this. And uh, again, uh, slightly uh, jumping forward to that Rebel Flesh one where uh, we think he gets caught in this solar tsunami, but in actual fact, he, he went to where he wanted to go, so he wasn't on a. He wasn't sort of being. Let's go and have a few adventures uh, and leave that thing till the end of the series. It, it was basically he was going on a fact-finding mission. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, yeah, you've got to. Uh, we haven't got to. You want to, but there is an awful lot to uh, unearth by rewatching episodes. Yeah, I, I haven't rewatched anything since the series, you know, since this half of the series concluded. So I, I need to uh, to rewatch it and pick up on things that are there now that may not have been too obvious the first time watching it or the second time watching it. So it, it's it's going to be interesting, you know, and uh, be interesting seeing what's going to come in autumn. But I think even then, you know, I think a lot of the questions will be answered, but not everything. You know, there's still going to be some mystery left, that, you know, prevailing mystery left. So uh, I, I thought this was the Curse of the Black Spot was um, it, it came on the heels of two you know episodes that had you know that 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 really had you on the edge of your seat and was grandiose and like I said cinematic. So this one, uh, in comparison, was a little a uh, bit of a catch your breath type of story. Uh, if I you know looking at all seven episodes, this might be the low one on my, you know, the lowest rated one as far as I'm concerned. Not that it was terrible or bad or horrific, but it's just in, in comparison to the others, which is fine. I mean, like I said, it, it, it gave us a chance to sort of catch our breath before, you know, the, the rest of the series. And um, But there's just some little nitpick stuff that, you know, I think, which I went into in our, on a live show that kind of, um, you know, didn't spoil the whole episodes, but it, it would have worked better. I know some people had some issue about the CPR. Doth skeptical commented about that, and um, you know, and I, I had some issues as well as far as you know, Rory and um, him, him, him needing CPR in the, in the first place because he seemed, you know, you know, there was no water in his lungs. <laughs> and why, why they should move him into the TARDIS? Yeah, why should, uh, you would think uh, they would uh, revive him right then and there. Yeah, I mean, I don't know this for certain, but looking at some of the the forums that I go around and look on. Um, it seems to be, and these are, these are not dot two forums. These are sort of uh, uh, general forums like mm -hmm. uh, Digital Spy and things like that. The the, the more casual view of dot two actually enjoyed the Curse of the Black Spot, perhaps uh, one of the most episodes. Oh really? Where, where perhaps the, the hardcore fans probably like the Doctor's Wife the most because of the all the little in jokes and yeah. payoffs. Well, because it was more of a romp. It was yeah. um, it was more one that they could sit down with the kids and the you know the kids would be going around fencing in the mm -hmm. you know uh, yeah. in the garden after they've watched that. So I think as as a as an instantaneously you know you watch it and you enjoy it and you get the instant hit. Uh, again, without trying to repeat myself, I, I've I've watched quite a lot of Doctor Who recently with me with my heart in my mouth saying, you know, don't spoil it, don't spoil it, don't spoil it. And then I get to the end and I find I've been so tensed up, I haven't really enjoyed it that much. I've appreciated it, but I've not sort of... Been... And then the second time when I know it's all right, it's safe to watch it, then I watch it with the enjoyment hat on. Yeah, strange. Yeah. Well, this is a 
Adam Pearson had sent in this feedback for The Curse of the Black Spot, and I think it's, it touches upon um, what Darth Skeptical had mentioned in our live show. Hi, Lewis, and whoever may be presenting Podshock this week, it's Adam here from the 20 Megabyte Podcast. I really wanted to send you in this audio because it's a momentous occasion. I agree with Darth Skeptical about the way that CPR was um, demonstrated in Doctor Who, and it, yes, it's absolutely right. It, uh, you cannot risk showing incorrect CPR on a children's programme, or any programme for that matter, uh, for artistic licence or what. I think could have, they could have got away with it if Rory was an alien, or indeed uh, they might get away with it by saying that actually what you're seeing is, a, is something created by Amy's mind, but uh, that remains to be seen, and hopefully it won't be the case, because I'll be quite cross if this whole series of Doctor Who turns out to be a Bobby Ewing dream. Anyway, keep up the great work. See you later. Bye-bye. Thank you, Adam. And uh, I don't know, with speculation now that Rory may be a flesh avatar as well, maybe uh, that's how you do CPR on a flesh. <laughs> no, no, I'm only kidding. When I was watching it, it didn't really, I, I mean, I'm not a CPR expert, so I didn't really catch that they were doing it wrong or whatever. I just, to me, I, I well, think... Well, she wasn't holding the nose. I yeah, mean, but if, it's not point blowing I was distracted for, uh, I was distracted because I couldn't understand why he needed it to begin with, <laughs> you know, uh, but that, that's that's another matter, so... Dave, as you said, I think it's a it's a fun episode for on itself. I enjoyed it the second time around more so than the first time around, and uh, I was able to just appreciate it for what it is, you know, on the second time around. And, and uh, the first time around was was I guess it was just a little disappointing, maybe coming off the last two episodes. Um, I should also make a mention that we didn't touch upon with the last two episodes is that we were introduced to the eye patch lady, which we see throughout the whole. It, the, the, this is the the seed that's planted throughout like all the other episodes you know um with maybe some one or two exceptions you know that we, we see her in um the glimpses of her and we still don't know um i mean we know a little bit more about her but there's still a lot of mystery involved with her yeah and again in the text uh jiffy g7 is saying yeah the c cpr was unforgivable it was fine for amy to get to, to knowledge from tv but for the cpr but it should still have been correctly done and, um, well, she got her knowledge from watching Doctor Who, and yeah. <laughs> and uh, she was watching The Curse of the Black Spot, and Black Spot, and that's how she learned how to do CPR. Timey wimey. <laughs> yeah, one of the things I thought about it, uh, I was focusing on the other thing where uh, she says, "Why do you trust me?" And he says, uh, uh, "Rory's sister, because I know you'll give up, never give up." And she's doing CPR in the uh, TARDIS, and she seems to give up. And then there's this 20 seconds where we're mm. sort of waiting for the funeral music to come on. And then suddenly, spontaneously, it coughs into life. Uh, I was quite... Uh, I think that, that scene could have been perhaps better uh, done. I mean, um, but um, the, the, there was... Uh, this was the one episode that I think may well have suffered from being moved around in the schedules and uh, they didn't have a lot of time to prepare. But... Um, uh, other than that, uh, I liked it. The, uh, the, we've had some brilliant guest stars on again. The nice twist, well, not nice twist, but the nice uh, touch for many people was, of course, that this this pirate character uh, was based on a real-life yeah, mercenary yeah. chap. Henry Avery, uh, played by Hugh Bonneville. Yeah, which, which was great. We had another case of them having a young child actor in the... Uh, yeah, Oscar, Oscar Lloyd. Lloyd playing yeah. Toby, yeah. Uh, they've been 
hugely successful. I mean, the young and, and both of those return in, in a good man goes to yeah. war for a brief cameo. Yeah, um, which again, uh, just to uh, bring Darth into things, Darth. Uh, I, 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 well, I love Darth when he comes onto our show as well because uh, the point is, whatever he says, whether you agree with it or not, he usually has uh, reasoning behind yeah, he what he says. Up. And one of the things he, 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 he didn't know why that young boy came in with the captain there because the whole reason why the captain had gone off in the ship was because his son couldn't leave that ship. Yeah. The mm-hmm. ship was its life, his life support and, system. And, and wasn't it in another universe as well, or, or was that... No, no, no. They it, were, yeah, they it was were, in our they, universe? They were going off to the dog star, weren't they? Okay. The, to the Cirrus, the, the, the binary star system. The yeah. whole point is, I thought the ending of that, uh, they had to be on the ship because, so that they could be brought back into the season finale, or the mid-season finale, as it were, and that was the reason. But the point was that the captain stayed with his son on that ship because the boy couldn't leave the ship. Yeah. And here he was leaving the ship. To yeah. Come. We, we mentioned that. And in, it should really in, in just, just have been the captain. Last week. Well, because we know, we, yeah, we only needed the captain because we know his crew are aboard that woman's ship having secured it. So we know the whole crew is there. Yeah. I mean, he, he could have just appeared in the corridor with a crew member, with one of his uh, fellow yeah. pirates. Yeah. The missing midshipman. Should we get a Kobo on board? And, um, Indeed. Okay, I know he's been waiting. Thank, thank you for waiting. Hey. Hey, how's it, how's it going? Hey. Sorry to keep you waiting there. No problem, Lewis. This whole season was, by and large, fantastic. But um, the Curse of the Black Spot was uniformly horrible. Mm. Oh, that's right. You didn't like this one. No, it was... Did, did a 2.5 the first time I watched it, and when I went back the second time, it was even lower. So would you say this was, out of the uh, seven episodes, this was the one that you would rate it, you know, most poorly? Yeah. Although the season finale was pretty horrible, too. You didn't like this? I thought. You didn't like the series finale, the A Good Man Goes to War? Well, I think you had said. Uh, I think we had all said. I think that it was sort of a, a a lot of good moments, but it just didn't have a lot of uh, story to it. You know, it was missing. I mean, it, it seemed like it was part one or part two, and we don't know if, the, if we're going to get a part two because the next story seems to be completely, you know, going in a different direction. It was the Chinese food of Doctor Who. It kind of filled you up a little bit, but it left you wanting more. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, again, I think A Good Man Goes to War, just like uh, A Curse of the Black Spot, I enjoyed it more so the second time. And I don't know if that's because the first time I'm trying to wrap my head around everything that's going on there, and so much just, you know, was going on, and you're trying to digest it all. And, um, you know, and, and everyone had these grand entrances, which which were great, but it just... Well, maybe if... if um, if A Good Man Goes to War was lo- longer, they could have, you know, added more to it, but... You know, on the second viewing, I, I enjoyed it more. I, I was able to accept it for what it was. And what I've noticed with Doctor Who is it's good when I needed to be good. Like, I think I told you when we reviewed the Doctor's Wife that was, that was one of the worst days of my entire life. Oh, my. Was before the episode of the Doctor's Wife came on, and then when it came on, it was just... 
Gabe, I you... could tune out of everything else. Yeah. Yes, I, I remember you saying that. It's been a, a bit of a lifeline for you, hasn't it? Yeah, and that's true of Doctor Who the whole, because when I discovered Doctor Who just after it came back, my hip was in a really bad situation, and all I could do sometimes was sit back and watch Doctor Who and stuff like that, so it really... I'm not exaggerating when I say this, but it saved my life. Well, I, I think, you know, your situation is probably not that, you know, and I don't mean to belittle it. I'm just saying I think a lot of people can um, would agree with you. I think a lot of people draw strength from Doctor Who, maybe not on the same level as you, but in, in, in various different ways. And I think Doctor Who is a great show uh, because you have a character that's that blazing guns and a lot of science fiction series you have you know these stereotypical heroes that you know go in with guns blasting and all that and here you have a different kind of and and also um they go in with guns blasting and and trying to get <laughs> sexually satisfied from every uh every planet they visit so talk to or offered a alternative to that so um which is good and i, I think it, it gave people um you know that, that may not have found it you know something like that elsewhere they can find it in doctor who yeah, yeah. One of our on the other show I do, um, Rowanth is one of our uh, regulars, and and she has had uh, you know health issues uh, quite recently, and 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 for her, uh, this is one time when she can switch off, you know, uh, her own personal difficulties mm-hmm. and uh, lose herself in in the world of Doctor Who, uh, and this series perhaps more than any. Uh, is one of those series where you don't just watch and forget an episode, you're sort of thinking it through. So can I just ask, getting back to it, because we're asking you to comment on any of the parts, any of the seven that you wanted to talk about. Uh, Did you like the fact that um, there was this interlinking, or have you found it frustrating that that you've got more questions? I loved it, because knowing Stephen Moffat, he'll answer all our questions in the second half and it's setting up for something wonderful and I'm going to spend the next couple of months trying this something to figure out <laughs> what's going on really and mm-hmm. stuff so well it'll just be a few months away I think they're saying uh, I, BBC America is saying late summer you know Doctor Who's returning late summer so summer begin. I mean uh, summer goes to uh, was it uh, September 21st or something like that that's when fall begins or 22nd so it could be um, somewhere in the middle of September that the, the, the series returns so it's um, just a few months away now great during during my sister's wedding so I might have to miss the fall premiere because of my sister's wedding. Well, you, you'll be able to either record it or, or, or watch it later, I hope. I'll catch it on iFire. That's not the point. I usually watch it on BBC One. Mm-hmm. When it's live. And I think well, that's what was so great about... That's why I enjoyed The Doctor's Wife so much is because I caught it live on BBC One. And then immediately after that, I switched over to Confidential, and that was one of those Confidentials that just 
extended the story. Yeah, that was uh, Neil Gaiman hosted uh, that confidential, you know, and I think he did a, a good job. And he was reading the script and that and that he had written. So uh, I know I and many other people had commented that it'd be great for him to do like an audio book of that episode of him reading, you know, what he had written. And he's done several audiobooks of his own works already, so that's a very distinct possibility. Well, uh, let's hope, hope let's hope it comes to be. Any any other final remarks that you wanted to make as far as the series goes? The, what we've seen so far. I loved finally finding out not everything about River Song because I don't think we'll know everything about River Song because mm-hmm. she a cage. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. They just lost your audio there, but uh, I mean, it, it's. I mean, there's so many things that you can get different nuances on by re-watching and uh, and just thinking about it. I mean, for instance, when uh, Rory dressed up in the soldier's uniform uh, goes to River Song and uh, says the Doctor needs you, and, and the way that uh, River Song says hello, Rory, and 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 the the emotion in all that really rings through when you know from the final denouement that um, that's her father. I mean, it's lovely. Mm. I was expecting something more from the big revelation. Than just oh, yes. I, I think in some ways it was not disappointing, but um, uh, definitely there was a lot going on there that, that we weren't privy to. For instance, when the doctor's saying, do I look good uh, to... And, uh, to River Song and River Song says yes. It's as though he's standing in front of his in-laws, and that was the sixth doctor who said that to me. That uh, you know, he was asking her, did he look good? Because he was meeting the in-laws for the first time. I.e., if they were her parents and they were in a, a relationship, Rory and Amy would be the in-laws. So are we absolutely be sure River can regenerate? Well, we we, we we're, we're unsure right now about everything, but you know, if if we to, if we are are to assume that she is that little girl, then that we've seen in Day of the Moon, then um, you know, it, it seems to be that she's regenerating. Yes, so which which means we could see River Song as another actress somewhere, you know, in the future as well. Thank you once again for calling. We are always uh, appreciative of your comments and what you what you thought. No problem, Lewis. All right. Take care. Cheers. Cheers. Okay, we we'll need to Bye. mute you now. Thank you. I think um, there's a uh, melody pond there in the background. <laughs> we need the doctor to translate. Uh, uh, well, I don't think uh, that can be uh, helped, uh, especially at the weekend when she's got like, relief care. All right. Well, we move on to um, the doctor's wife. Can you get a message to Amy? Getting a message. This is, well, she's my target, except she's a woman. 
But she's woman, and she's my target. Did you wish really hard? Shut up, not like that. Hello, I'm sexy. Oh, he's still shut up. Doctor, why shouldn't I just kill you now? I can kill you just as easily here as anywhere. Fear me, I've killed hundreds of Time Lords. Fear me, I've killed all of them. It's never enough. You force a TARDIS into a body so she'd burn out safely a very long way away from this control room. A flesh body can't hold the TARDIS matrix and live. Look at her body house. And you think I should mourn her? No. I think you should be very, very careful about what you let back into this control room. You took her from her home. And now she's back in the box again. And she's free. the TARDIS in a sense or she's fleshed out more it's uh the mid yeah. this is the midway of the series this episode is uh marks the middle of the first half of the series I'm sorry Dave I cut you off there I was gonna say I mean this is so brilliant on so many levels and uh so many things that you can mention I mean uh Michael Sheen doing the the voice there of the uh uh, the big bad, as it were, in the episode. Uh, we've got the the, the lovely uh, TARDIS console that was designed by the young girl, mm, uh, the winner Lee of the Blue the Peter. Peter. Yeah. Uh, and I saw on a recent uh, uh, ch- uh, show here in the UK that the, the, they've liked it so much that that's now actually being made into a toy. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, so uh, uh, unbelievably good. But um, the episode was uh, great on so many levels even but you had to again listen very carefully as um as um the doctor's wife is disappearing and uh, uh, at the end there where she whispers i love you i didn't hear that the first time um does she say that pointed out yes when she's when she's co- uh, not co- the opposite of coalescing when she's dispersing mm-hmm. uh, her last fading she says whispers i love you very quietly Hmm. It's unbelievable. There are lots of stuff in it. Um, uh, the, um, the the I mean, basically, um, Rory and Amy are left to just run around in the TARDIS, really, because they want to be sidelined. Because the main story is about the Doctor and the TARDIS. That's the relationship that's being explored. 
although when, again when I first watched it I had my heart in my mouth because I didn't particularly like the sort of um, not gothic horror but the sort of um, you know nightmare before Christmasy type of characters on this mm-hmm. asteroidy thing um, the, the patchwork people it, if you will yeah yeah once it got going um, uh, I thought it was uh, unbelievably good uh, so I mean the, the, I mean to be fair the, the chap had a long time to uh, uh, rewrite and craft the script carefully because um, it had been postponed I think it was the one that was, should have gone where the lodger had yeah. gone wasn't mm-hmm. it and uh, it was switched around for cost reasons because I assume this was a fairly yeah, because expensive because this one. contest yeah. this Blue Peter contest ran in 2009 I mean this was <laughs> so I, um, you know when we, when we saw the lodger and we saw what looked like a TARDIS control room we at that time we were assuming well maybe that's the contest winner there you know because it looked it did resemble a TARDIS control room that you know that that bridge of that ship that we see which was later yeah. to be the the silence ship yeah and even the little crazy one that the doctor built in the lodge's room we thought well that can't be it surely so, yeah <laughs> again I, I I do believe that um, again reading some of the, perhaps it's just the forums I go on because some of the forums I go on are are more general forums that have like mm-hmm. a TV show section Slant, sure. and people say did you did you catch Luther or did you watch this or that and uh, I think this episode didn't quite get the great the rave reviews perhaps uh, from casual watchers although probably long time people like. Um, uh, Stuart, uh, Doctor Stuart, that, uh, that rang in earlier, that yeah. mm-hmm. might, might have not been a fan of Reese that came back. They would have loved it because, of course, they they could immediately hook in to all those things, uh, the wonderful things that uh, the Doctor hadn't stolen the TARDIS, the TARDIS had stolen the Doctor, and yeah, interesting. Like that. Yeah. Well, once again, D. Scott seven fifty called in and, and had a um, a short comment about the Doctor's wife. This is D. Scott 750, Scott, of course, from Tulsa. Listen, I know if you can hear it in the background, I'm listening to 246 of you guys, and you're talking about the doctor's wife. I agree. When they're roaming through the TARDIS, either if uh, open up the doors and see an old, one of the old uh, control rooms, or even if they could have had like a little window where they just happened to look, look through to see the... Uh, the shaving shaving mirror TARDIS or maybe one of the old TARDISes. But it was a great, great episode. Of course, I, when I first thought it, I thought, okay, he, uh, he was going to meet up with old Queen Tess. And then seeing that the TARDIS's consciousness was transferred to the gal was even better. Once again, D. Scott 750 saying, ciao for now. Well, thank you, Scott, once again. And uh, yeah, I think we spoke about that during our live show. That it would be interesting if, if not, if when he talks about the shave, the shaving control room, whatever he's talking about, the 14th series, the wooden control room back in Tom Baker's era that we got to see for one whole season or series. Uh, it would have been nice if they did include that, not they not to rebuild a old set or anything like that, but just to for like to CGI it in the you know, in a door or a window or something like that, just to get a little glimpse of it. But, you know, there's only so much um, resources available to the BBC, and I guess they didn't want to slow the story down too much. But it's great that they kept the 10th, you know, the ninth, the, the ninth and 10th Doctor's control room available for them to use for this story. 
I've always changed the desktop a dozen times. <laughs> <laughs> how, how can you archive something that hasn't happened yet? And of course, uh, the BBC was certainly making good use of that because one of the things that got a bit of a criticism for A Good Man Goes to War was that what had been used as the TARDIS corridors got a, a, a makeover again and uh, had to um, to be the uh, the corridor going to the ship where you know we're talking about Captain Avery uh, coming through the uh, the sliding door and saying you know your ship is taken, ma'am. Uh, that was the same corridor that they'd reused. So, um, but uh, yeah, I, I really the level of. Uh, Involvement in this. Uh, I mean, the only, the, there's only one thing wrong with it. There's only seven episodes. I mean, that's the thing. And, and I do think there was also, uh, when you mentioned um, about the, just going back to the Curse of the Black Spot and saying that was probably the, the least liked one by people. Um, and I was saying casual viewers actually probably rated that quite high. I think one of the downsides of only having seven episodes is that we're we're so worried that you know if you have a 13 episode run and there's one iffy program you can, you can almost forgive it you can think well they can't keep the the standard up for 13 shows but when you've only got seven you think well that's a week wasted if it is a poor show and i think perhaps some people criticize that one slightly more simply because you know we've only got seven to go at don't you dare waste one of them yeah yeah well, you know, I, I thought, you know, I, again, um, going back to the Curse of the Black Spot, it wasn't as, you know, it's, it wasn't horrible. It wasn't like, ah, oh, you know, I can't stand to watch it again. But it was, it just was, uh, you know, just in comparison to the other episodes, it was just down a notch, you know. And But it was still enjoyable, you know. And, uh, you know, I'll still enjoy watching it again. It's just, um, you know, and I think it does, I think Ken had mentioned when we, um, last week, you know, or at some point that it, it just gave you a, a chance to kind of catch your breath before going on. Yes, uh, and I think if, if people had in America come to the series at new and they think, blimey, it's hard work watching this Doctor Who after episodes one and two, it did at least show that um, uh, there was there were different levels. Mm-hmm. Again, a lot of a, a lot of casual viewers think, well, that's Doctor Who. I remember it like they've come back to see Doctor Who. That's what I remember. Yeah. It's, a it's just a one-off pirate. story. Yeah. I mean, it, you didn't have to. There wasn't a lot there that was tied to what came before or what goes after it. So it's sort of a you know one-off adventure. I mean, the, the same thing is true with um, with this story, the Doctor's Wife. It's uh, again, it's not so much tied to um, the, the arc. You know, there, there's probably. Um, a, a reference here and there, you know, um, but it's not. You can you can watch this one on its own as well. Before we move on, we did make a mention that uh, it would be great that if Neil Gaiman were to do an audio book of this, and if he did one, he could do it for Audible dot com. And we would like to thank Audible for sponsoring this episode of Doctor Who Podshock Audible. You should know is the premier provider of digital audiobooks. They have over 85,000 titles to choose from in every genre, be it thrillers, romance, comedy, of course, science fiction and fantasy as well. I really recommend you checking out their site and seeing what they have. They have, um, well, the, the, all their episodes, um, I mean, 
um, audios, I should say, um, the audio books are available for the iPhone, Kindle, Android, uh, over 500 devices for listening anytime, anywhere, just like this podcast. And for listeners of Dr. Upachak, Audible is offering a free audiobook download that's free for you to keep with a 14-day trial so you have a chance to check out their service. And to get your free audiobook, simply go to audiblepodcast.com slash podchock. Again, that's audiblepodcast.com slash podchock for your free audiobook. And we always like to make a recommendation, if we could, or a referral that you might want to check out. And since this whole episode that we're doing right now is reviewing a Matt Smith series, I thought it would be appropriate to choose one of the new Matt Smith arrivals on, um, on Audible, which is Doctor Who, The Hounds of Artemis which is by James Goss, and it's narrated by Matt Smith and Claire Kobe. And it's uh, an exclusive audio adventure featuring the 11th Doctor and Amy Pond with original sound and, um, and music for the story. And the story is when Lord, War- when Lord Warcroft and his team break open a f- the fabled Tomb of Arminus, a seal of thousands of years, they are astonished by what they find inside. And this is a little bit from it. Bradley took a stunned step back, gasping at the figures bounding out of the tomb. A young man and woman, elegantly dressed, he like a professor, she like a Cambridge blue stocking and flowing skirts. The man beamed at the crowd, instantly taking charge. Dr. John Smith and Miss Amy Pond of the Scarman Institute, British Museum said you could do with a hand opening the tomb of Artemis, which we're... Um, Miss Pond nudged him in the elbow, on the wrong side of... Oh! The doctor grabbed Bradley's torch and waving it around. Details, details, shh! Now then, Amy, this is Bradley Stapleton, famous archaeologist. The doctor pumped Bradley's hand, but he shook his head, stammering. "Uh, No, no, really, I'm not. uh, Just a student. Not to worry, said the doctor. Look at me, I'm young and I'm brilliant, he beamed, turning to face a furious Lord Walcroft. And Amy, this is the celebrated Lord Walcroft. He leaned close. He's the money, he whispered. And this lady must be the expedition artist, Miss Vanderkast from the Berlin of Museum. He bowed to a large lady wrapped in what looked like to be several curtains. She nodded and Amy caught a whiff of lavender and talcum powder. The doctor grinned. Honestly, your work on the Elgin marbles, Fraulein. Amy, this woman's etchings are magnificent. The large woman giggled. And the rest of your... Uh, Lord Walcroft coughed. Gone missing, Dr. Smith. The dig has not been a smooth one. No, no, I read, I heard. Which is why we're here, standing outside the fabled tomb of Artemis. And, oh, I say, what's this? He indicated an inscription over the doorway. Death shall come on swift wings to whoever opens this tomb. Miss Vanderkast gasped. Lord Walcroft glared. Oh, only kidding, continued the doctor. But I'm not joking about you being in deadly danger. Really, I suggest we all get out of here immediately. This temple isn't safe. What do you, um, mean? Gulped Bradley. We've been here for weeks. Structure's remarkably solid. And can I just demand, thundered Lord Walcroft, an explanation for what you were doing inside the tomb? Yes, 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 said the doctor, flapping him away. Did you notice that door wasn't stone, but rusty old iron? Fascinating. But how did you get in? demanded Lord Walcroft. Back door, said Amy, politely. Goodness me, I do declare I feel faint. 
This crypt is stifling. Can we go outside and get a breath of fresh air and perhaps some smelling salts? Fiddly diddly dee. Don't overdo it, whispered the doctor. Oh, of course, said Lord Walcroft, courteously offering Amy his arm. Well, there's a little sampling of it right there. It's pretty cool. You know, during this time, now that there's no new Doctor Who episodes, we have to wait until September. This is one way to quench your thirst for new Doctor Who stories. If you haven't heard it yet, this is um, Doctor Who, The Hounds of Armidus, which is available through Audible. And you can get you can make this your free selection by going to simply going to audiblepodcast.com slash podchock. Again, that's audiblepodcast.com slash Podchock for your free audiobook and this way you have a chance to check out their service and see what it's like and you can continue on or, or not if you don't you still have that your audible um, your audio book to keep to, for your own so you can enjoy it and like I said it's a good way to kind of bridge this time uh, between this you know ser- this half of the series and the second half of the series if you will so we thank audible.com for sponsoring this episode and as always um, check them out it's reminded me of the Aztecs with the TARDIS uh, appearing inside a tomb. <laughs> yes, yeah, definitely. So as we move along, we're now we're on the second half of the first half of the series. <laughs> 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 and we start off with the Rebel Flesh. You know the drill, people. Acid visor us down and locked. Well, the acid potency stats have definitely dropped below the mean during the last quarter. Better than a computer, isn't she? Give her off a buzz. Buzz her. Buzz. Great. Sorry, buzzer. You're dead. This is that pain in the arm. That's gone now. Gotta eat this one up for the boss. Those suits cost a bomb. I think we better talk about what just happened back there. When you're doing your report, it wasn't my fault. She took a swing at me. Uh, 13th century. Oh, we've got all medieval. I'm not sure about that. Really? Medieval expert, are you? No, it's just that I can hear Dusty Springfield. These fissures are new. Solar tsunami sent out a huge wave of gamma particles. This is caused by a magnetic quake that occurs just before the wave hit. Doctor, look. Yeah, it's a supply pipe. Something corrosive. I think we're here. This is it. So what are you talking about? We've never been here before. We came here by accident. Accident? There are people coming. Well, almost. Almost coming. Almost people. Three. Hold and remain calm. Who the hell are you? Well, I'm the doctor and this is Amy and Rory and it's all very nice, isn't it? Hold up. You are like identical twins. Your ID checks out. I need to see your critical systems. Which one? You know which one. Meet the government's worst-kept secret, the flesh. It's fully programmable matter. It acts like life, but it still needs to be controlled by us. From those harnesses you saw. This acid is so dangerous, we were losing a worker every week. What are you up to, pal? Stop it. Strange. 
It was like, for a moment there, it was scanning me. Get back. You've got to leave it alone. Well, that was part one of two parters. Uh, we continue with the almost people after that, but it uh, introduces the whole flesh concept that is going to be uh, playing a, a big part in this series, which we'll find out later on in Good Man Goes to War, and uh, possibly, um, I'm assuming, will continue in the next series, in the second half of the autumn series, when we uh, pick up where we left off. Um, I'm sure it will still play a part in, um, you know, it will still flesh out. Yeah, and I've just put in text there that um, if anybody, because of time, you might want to know how many more people will want to talk. And uh, Carl was just saying that the episode he was going to talk about, we, we passed. But the whole point about this one is... It's, he's not in the queue, though. All seven. So you, when you come on, uh, you can you can highlight the, whichever episode yeah. you wish to. Yeah, there's, there is. We have one person in the queue. I, I should remind people, if you want to call in, 724-444-7444 is the phone number, and the call ID is 23358. Uh, put yourself in the queue. We are running late, so we, we, we'll try to get through the next couple episodes uh, fairly quickly. Obviously, this is a opening to uh you know to this whole concept about the flesh people and ed- educating us the doctor has already knows about it but the audience us you know we need to find out about what this flesh is all about because it does play an important uh role in what's to come to sort of move along here is uh tin dog who's uh has a podcast of his own michael has uh, sent in this comment about the rebel flash urgent subspace communication incoming this is Michael, host of the Tin Dog Podcast. But you might already know that. You might not. Anyway, my thoughts on the Rebel Flesh. Few words. Avatar, Moon, Voyager, and, you know, lots of Star Trek next-gen transporter accidents. The last episode of Nightingales, with a tiny touch of Frankenstein. Some lovely base under siege action, which is nice because the Second Doctor is such a big influence on the 11th. And you know, if Doctor Who feels like more than, say, four things, then it becomes its own thing. And I can live with that. Not a bad beginning to a two-parter. Not the best story in the world, but that's not bad. And it lets us do what sci-fi does best. It takes a nice idea and talks about what it means to be human. Really human. A little bit scary. A little bit scared. But that's life. My money is on... Well, no one being anything other than a fake person. Just like Moon, where everyone was a clone. Is that a spoiler? Oh, I don't know. Perhaps the gods of Doctor Who will come round and beat me up in the night. I don't know why, <laughs> but I was getting a whole Rutan, Sontaran vibe thing from the cloning tanks. And that's about it, really. Looking forward to episode two. Then, this half-series is nearly finished. God, these weeks have flown. Anyway... Be seeing you. The other mind has now left the Matrix. Uh, thank you. Thank you, Michael. It's great hearing from you. Uh, you can check out his uh, his show as well, as well as Adam Pearson's uh, 20 Megabyte Podcast, I think it's called. Uh, I, I'm assuming that they're both available through iTunes. Uh, yeah, some interesting <laughs> points in... Um, in, in this story, you know, with, uh, you know, as far as humanity goes and it, it sort of has a, a Philip K. Dick quality to it when, you, you know, we learn, you know, who's real and who's not real. And can we really be sure that we're not 
you know that 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 we are who we think we are. It does, as uh, Michael had mentioned here, does pick up on many themes that we've seen before in science fiction. But it's you know doesn't mean that they still can't be explored further. It's a great cast. I thought um, a great ensemble cast that they gathered for this episode here. Uh, you know, Mike Boner, Mark Mark uh, Boner for Jimmy and Marshall Lancaster from uh, you may know from Life on Mars and Ashes from Ashes to Ashes, um, playing Buzzer. Sarah Smart as Jennifer. Rachel Cassidy plays Cleves. I think she did an outstanding job in it as well. And Leanne Vickers as uh, Dickens. So. Um, I think they all did a fantastic job playing their characters and fleshing out their roles. <laughs> Indeed. And I'm glad Michael, uh, uh, he didn't mention it, well, he did a little bit, but uh, Avatar, a couple of times I mentioned uh, I got a vibe of Avatar. In yeah, you're talking about the movie Avatar. Right. Yeah. 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 Where, where, where they're in, when, when in this one they're in those rigs and they're controlling mm-hmm. uh, basically it, uh, their avatar and uh, there's that link with them so mm-hmm. yeah we have someone in the queue right now jiff jeff jiff jiff G- g7. g7 okay we'll get him or her on board oh, it's it's a hello hello, hello. Hi. how are you doing welcome to the show right, thanks um so you sort of gone past uh, the stuff I was going to talk about that's okay I'll quickly go back no we're talking about them all we're, we're trying okay. to cover the whole right. series so Okay, I really love this um, this uh, this two part, right? It's been quite maligned, it seems, in the um, on the forums and stuff. But uh, I thought the way that they contrasted all the people and the sort of issues they all had, I thought was really nice. And the way it worked in the second episode was excellent. Um, the um, just to go back to the doctor's wife, which I thought was absolutely mm-hmm. perfect. I don't think I've ever seen anything as nice as that. Um, I've watched that so many times now, and it just um, so many little bits. My favourite bit, I think, of um, Saran Jones's performance is a little tiny thing in the uh, when they're travelling through the vortex, and she's in there in the, the uh, TARDIS that they've artificially made. And she, at one point, she reinjects the the um, the TARDIS material into the into the centre of that. She sort of grabs it with the two hands. I really loved that little bit, um, and. I mean, I've loved this whole whole series. I think it's been absolutely fantastic. Um, uh, even the the black curse of the black spot. It felt like a relief at the time. I remember to to see a fairly straightforward Doctor episode after all the con- uh, continuity heavy stuff from the beginning. So uh, I still like that one as well. So uh, uh, all thumbs up for me all the way through. Fantastic. Yeah, uh, I mean the, the the whole series has completely rushed them out. Have you had a chance to, or have you had the desire to rewatch some of the earlier ones in light of now we know that Amy's been a ganger all this time and so on? I mean, uh, have you had a chance yeah. to do that? Yeah, I guess I've probably watched them all about three or four times each. Um, the only thing I was thinking about was when it, because they they talk about it being a um, made for the DVD box set uh, type series, but. You know, with so much of it relying on revelations that you see throughout, um, I don't know how good it's going to be to rewatch in a couple of years' time. Um, I mean, Doctor's Wife would stand up by itself. Probably The Curse of the Black Spot would stand up by itself. But a lot of the other continuity ones, like the first and second episode, might well not be so interesting mm-hmm. later on. 
It's well, a yeah, I think some people. Uh, one of the criticisms I heard about the the Rebel Flesh and the Almost people is it was um, there was more than enough for one episode, but not quite enough material there for two episodes. If you know what I mean. If you you think of something like The Waters of Mars, where you've got one sort of 70-minute episode or whatever, uh, I I think The Rebel Flesh Almost People might have been better if it had been done... As a special, as a... a, a, Like a 90-minute special. special. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but but the extra time did give them a chance to sort of explore the 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 relationships quite well i mean you know it was just a, a technique wasn't it to get them to sort of uh, it sort of in some ways it reminded me of inferno in the sense that there were two versions of the same character with different characteristics and uh, mm-hmm. um you know it was it was really nice it was in at the end when i thought about it the whole the two parts i thought it was actually uh, it was well worth doing um yeah i um i, I think the two and again, I, I think once again we're treated to uh, cinema quality um, production-wise here. I think the the lighting and the 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 design work here was outstanding, and they went through like uh, half a dozen locations shooting the castle just to get everything um, right. The, the you know the monastery rather. So um, I think production-wise, it really holds up. Um, the second half, or the almost people, we were was more focused on i think the doctor's ganger you know that was introduced at the end of the flesh the um the the rebel flesh so uh in a sense there it almost seems like two different episodes separate apart from each other in, in that sense I, I know the, uh, the some of the criticisms have been the um, that I've, I've read have been the way that the Doctor destroys the Amy Ga- Amy Ganger sorry Amy Ganger the Amy Ganger um, uh, at the end there having sort of protested that the Gangers deserved to live yeah. earlier on and then uh, quite happily destroys the Amy Ganger so that sort of seems to be the main criticism I've seen. Well, I think I think the Amy Ganger was just a flesh avatar where the, these other flesh people have are have their own consciousness where they're controlling themselves, you know, they they become people on their own right where I think the um but I, I hear what you're saying. But, 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 the, but the thing was I, it wasn't the tab was supposed to stabilize them or something. So the sense that um oh, so, yeah, so the, I, I, I under, how, how was the Amy Ganger able to be a different type of ganger then? Well, the, the, the doctor did say they were earlier types. Uh, right. Okay. And, and they and may well be that, if you remember, that they, they talked about that Indian uprising of the gangers and uh, of yeah, yeah, yeah. somewhere else. So maybe the development of the gangers had not been to make them better, but to limit them so they couldn't become sentient. Uh, right, okay. And the, and her ganger was just a, rese- uh, a vessel, as it were, rather than that. Uh, what, can I just ask you, because I think we've got one more caller, but uh, what did you think about the big reveal at the end? Was it a slight disappointment, or had you already guessed what it was? Or do you think that a lot was held back in, as I said before, we, we know who River Song is, but we don't know her relationship really yet to the Doctor. Oh, right. And I thought there was a lot more in that. I think there was. It was. It seemed to me at the time that there was a huge. The thing between the doctor and sorry, the doctor and um, and Rivers' relationship, her, their relationship was definitely a um, 
something else. I, I, I don't really think it was that he suddenly realised that, that, that River was Amy and Rory's daughter. I don't think that was the key thing. You know, I felt like there was something else going on there, that there was a relationship between the two of them somewhere. Um, and, and that seemed to come through. It's difficult, though. When you, you re-watch it, you could sort of... The thing that bothered me at the time was the way he goes, oh, I kissed, I, I kissed you. Um, uh, and it, re-watching it and thinking about it, well, actually, I suppose he might be embarrassed about kissing Rory and Amy's child or daughter. But on the other hand, it could just be... Uh, you know, some other relationship which would be inappropriate for kissing to go on. So I, I just didn't quite get it there. There was something else going yeah, on. Yeah, there's something more that needs to be revealed. Yeah, right. definitely. Well, thank you so much. I uh, really appreciate you calling in and sorry to keep you on hold there for a while. And But I appreciate no problem. you. Thank you very much. All right. Cheers. Well, cheers. Cheers. Since we're running low on time, I think we're going to skip the clips for the almost people. And uh, indeed. Should we just play a little bit of the A Good Man Goes to War? Yeah, I think so. This little girl, it's all about her. What you are going to be, Melody, is very, very brave. Because there's someone coming. He's the last of his kind. He looks young, but he's lived for hundreds and hundreds of years. This man is your father. He has a name, but the people of our world know him better. As the last centurion. I have a message and a question. A message from the doctor... And a question from me. Where is my wife? What is the doctor's message? Would you like me to repeat the question? We're not supposed to stare at them. And if they think we're trying to see under their hoods, they'll kill you. Why are they called the headless monks? They can't really be headless. Time for my conversion tutorial. What's in the little boxes? Are you ready? to make a donation. Thank you, Parker. I won't be needing you again tonight. Yes, my lady. Another case cracked, aren't you? Jack the Ripper has claimed his last victim. How did you find him? <sighs> Stringy, but tasty all the same. Did somebody call for a nurse? Where the hell have you been? Every time you've asked, I have been there. Where the hell were you today? I couldn't have prevented this. You could have tried. When you began all those years ago, sailing off to see the universe, did you ever think you'd become this? The man who can turn an army around at the mention of his name. Doctor. The word for healer and wise man. But if you carry on the way you are, what might that word come to mean? And now they've taken a child. The child of your best friends. And they're going to turn her into a weapon just to bring you down. Who are you? Oh, look, you're caught. Haven't seen that in a very long while. No, no you tell me. Tell me who you are. I am telling you. But that means... I'm afraid it does. <laughs> but you and I, we, 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 we are... Yes. <laughs> How do I look? Amazing. I better be. Yes, you'd better be. <laughs> Bastion Jenny, till the next time. Rory Tell and Amy, I know where to find your daughter, and on my life, she will be safe. River, get them all home. Doctor! No! Where are you going? Amy, you have to stay calm. Tell me what you told the doctor. Uh, no, stop it. It's okay, Rory. She's fine. She's good. It's the TARDIS translation matrix. It takes a while to kick in with a written word. You have to concentrate. I still can't read it. 
It's because it's Gallifreyan and doesn't translate. But this will. It's your daughter's name in the language of the forest. I know my daughter's name. So they don't have a word for pond. Because the only water in the forest is the river. The doctor will find your daughter and he will care for her whatever it takes. And I know that. It's me. I'm Melody. I'm your daughter. That's how yeah, she was again. We end the yeah. series, or this half of the series. The only liquid in the glass is wine. That's how I like that. I like <laughs> wine at the end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, but that was another thing. The emphasis on uh, on my life, your daughter will be safe. Uh, I definitely think that relates back to um, the impossible astronaut anyway you might want to get carl on yeah let's we, we'll, we'll get carl we on to our i know we're, we're going to wrap up the show after call and so carl welcome to dr Podshock. you're calling from hawaii hello hi i'm hi, sorry um, to keep you waiting for yeah, so long i'm kind of glad you guys played that clip because uh, that's my favorite part of um the whole season so far the the telling of who river song is yeah um but uh, I actually have an idea of what you guys were talking about last week, if I can mention that real sure. quick. Yeah, the um, you, you were mentioning how, um, why is it that she um, kept the name River Song? Like, uh, do you yeah. think that maybe mm-hmm. um, maybe we're not going to be able to rescue her as a baby? And then, um, like, so the, the bad guys were, um, were raised her to be evil and everything as Melanie. And then when she, um, whoever she kills... Um, once she has regret and all that and decides to become good, I think that's when she's going to change her name to River Song. Well, she she somehow has to get to that forest planet, and that's where she probably takes on that name because that's where, you know, they didn't have a name for yeah. for River. I uh, didn't have the name for Pond, and they, they used River. But um, do you also think that um, because she was conceived in the TARDIS that that's why she can, um, like, translate the, um, Gallifrey and... Um, and also why she can, like, um, control well, the TARDIS. Well, the, the, the translation thing is, a, uh, you know, a Time Lord's gift. It's uh, The TARDIS can, um, you know, it was established, you know, in recent years. It was it was via the TARDIS that does the translating uh, for its crew. So I, and, I think, they examined, and they examined the DNA, didn't they? The, uh, yeah. the blue guy that was, um, uh, yeah. that, that was checking it. Um, I don't remember what his name was now. Um, uh, yeah, it begins with a D, I think. And also, I was saying in the chat that maybe the doctor cannot speak baby like um, for human babies, but he was um, able to understand her because she was Time Lord, and they not even realizing it until, it was, until later on. Yeah, yeah. The blue guy was Dorian, played by uh, Simon Fisher Becker. And by the way, if anybody wants to listen to um, the DW Who cast, they did a, a lovely interview with with Simon. Uh, oh, do they? That was great. Yeah. Cool. And do you guys think that the the sonic screwdriver that the Flesh had, um, do you think that that might be um, the one that the um, that the Doctor ends up giving to River? Like, um, like he might modify it later on if he uh, recovers it. The um... yeah, the yeah, the one with the red setting that we see in the library. Yeah, because I have a feeling that he, he's going to go over there, um, get it, and then modify it um, 
like somebody pointed out it doesn't look like uh, Matt Smith's one, but maybe he modifies it later on. But I have a feeling that because now we have two um, sonic screwdrivers, I mean, it's not, uh, it's not with him right now, but I have a feeling he's going to go back for it later on. Well, the, the same thing happened with uh, the almost people at the end of that, where we see, uh, the, you know, the, the, the doctor had given, uh, well... Yeah, that's it, what I'm talking about. Yeah, there were, there were two sonic screwdrivers well, at the end, at the the end of that. Because I think they swapped over, because presumably he had, you know, uh, at the end of that, the doctor on the TARDIS had his sonic screwdriver but the one that actually stayed behind mm-hmm. to liquidize yeah. jennifer also had one yeah. in- well i think um he uh, the one that stayed behind had a, uh, a flesh um like one that was made out of flesh and i think um them like passing it to each other was just um them trying to fool amy misdirection it, yeah yeah so that's what i think um and then um let's see Oh, and also the other thing is, do you guys think that River actually has the spirit of the TARDIS? Like, not not fully, but, like, partially um, the, the spirit of the TARDIS, um, the way that she was saying, like, hello, just like how the TARDIS said hello um, at the the end of The Doctor's Wife. Well, that's true, because one of the things I, I think I said earlier, that um, uh, the actual um, uh, regenerational... Uh, or, uh, you know, yeah. golden glow, as it were, mm-hmm. is very similar to and from the TARDIS. She was conceived so on the TARDIS we, we in, the, in the vortex. So. Uh, Astra, sorry. No, I was just saying she was conceived on the, on, on, the, on the TARDIS as well, so it could very well be that there's a definite symbiotic relationship there, and she knows how, you know, she knows the TARDIS well enough to not to ride her with the brakes on. And did you guys notice that... Um, the uh, Devil's Run was actually in the beginning of her, or Demon's Run was, it was in the beginning of her book. Yeah, they they've been doing these like references to the uh, the diary, you know, and tying that all together to uh, you know as time goes on. So I, I'm sure. Yeah, but I noticed it was like in the very beginning. But do you think that she was writing it like as um, as a baby, or or writing it as her arriving there, talking to the Doctor, re- revealing who she was? When she was reading it, oh, well, because it's prison. her history. When we see her earlier on, this had supposedly already had. had it gets confusing, but it's uh, you know, yeah. it, 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 supposedly her and the doctor are on different timelines where she's, you know, um, as well, yeah, we're going into as we go forward, we're going into her history. So they, these events had yeah. already happened for her. If you remember, when, when Rory comes to her to get her and say, the, the doctor needs your help, and she said, I can't, I can't come with you, I come yet. If you notice, uh, the way they've made up uh, River Song at that point, she looks to be an older River Song. Yeah. When in the uh, Good Man Comes to War, she arrived, she's in a, uh, with a, a much glamour look uh, uh, and, you know, more fit, uh, body-fitting clothes and her hair all done. Uh, so it's not a question of... Uh, when Rory left her, she she did her makeup and then followed him. That was a different River Song arriving at oh, the Man Goes to War. I also have a. Uh, do you think that River is actually the reason why the Doctor came back in Big Bang? Because uh, because it's almost like impossible for her to even be there and at that point if the Doctor doesn't come back. Well, in the Big Bang, she was in a time loop in the TARDIS, wasn't she? Because the TARDIS no, I mean, um, I mean, at the very end, when she was at the wedding and she handed the diary to Amy as a wedding gift. Oh, yeah. How would she even be born if the Doctor doesn't come back from the crack? So I think that her just, her even just being there, 
is what is what made the doctor come back and not and it actually had nothing to do with Amy um with Amy's speech but I think Amy's speech was like the final thing but I think the doctor was already back at that point uh, this is getting yes, to, getting too timey wimey for me. On the, the boat, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, but I think um, River had to do with that too, though. Well, maybe some of these loose ends will be tied up in the second half of of, of the series. Yeah, I hope so. so. It's it, like I said, it's getting, um, it's, anyways, it's a bit timey wimey. Um, I just wanted to um, give my ratings for the whole season or half season, if I can. Sure. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I give it five eye patch ladies out of five. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Yeah. Well, thank you again, and, Carl. Uh, yeah. So, and it, it was. Um, thank you for letting me talk on your show. Yeah. Thank you for calling in. So, uh, so um, well, we'll be back in September, but more live shows, and we'll be doing. Uh, feel free to send in audio feedback to us. You can go to our website, website podshock.net, and you can get. Um, you can send us feedback there. Uh, you can call the public call box at two zero six nine eight four three five four three anytime, and leave a message there as well. Yeah, I think I will. So All right. I'll see you in September then. Okay. Well, thank you again, Carl. Cheers, Carl. Cheers. All right. Cheers. All right. Well, we run very late, so we're 11 minutes after the two-hour market right now, so we're going to wrap things up. And, Dave, I think I made you late for your – you had another show that you had to get to, and I'm, I apologize yeah, for that. I might quickly jump over to Talking Twilight Zone well, on uh, Talk Show ID 68228, and that, of course, is for the people in the room with us now. Okay, great. Well – any final comments, Dave, before we wrap things up? Yeah, it was an absolute excellent quality. I mean, if if one of the prices we have to pay for really well-crafted scripts and, um, you know, um, slightly bigger budget, to my mind, uh, is that we have these shorter seasons. I suppose we'll have to put up with that. The one thing that we, we want in the UK is for them to show a little bit more of the classic episodes in between times. But um, all in all, I'm really thrilled, slightly frustrated by some of the questions left with it at the end. I'm rather, a lot of people seem to like the title of uh, the next uh, they, second half. They, of, they like it? Or? Uh, let's... Yeah. I don't like it. Let's kill Hitler. It mm-hmm. sounds very undoctorish to me for a, a family show, but I'm assuming it's not the doctor that says that. No, I, I think it's one of the... Maybe seeing Churchill. Uh, yeah, I think it, it's a returning character, and, well, without getting into spoilers, yeah, I suspect it's him. <laughs> so, yeah, that's I guess. I don't know. I'm not saying spoiler. Uh, it's just uh, because they, 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 they sort of got the Danny Boy uh, Spitfires into uh, Good Man Goes uh, yeah, to Sort of as a reminder. The, the sort of, duff, yeah, yeah, I didn't really want them in it, actually. But the only reason I could think they were shoehorned into it... Is to put your mind... To remind yeah, people exactly. that they'll be again, yeah. Yeah, I thought overall I, I really enjoyed this series. Uh, all, I think all of them are great episodes. Uh, like I said, the only um, slightly, you know, and I don't want to harp on it, but it, I mean, the Curse of the Black Spot would be the, the 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 little dip in it, but it's not a big dip. It's just a little dip. I I still enjoy it, and um, really no big complaints. Really, I really I think it's a strong seven episodes, and I'm looking forward to uh, when the series picks up again and what we're going to assume maybe mid-September if um, BBC America is right by saying late summer. So we'll see. Well, we know that they're showing the uh, the remaining episodes of the Sarah Jane Adventures in October. We've got uh, oh, three is, stories, six did, episodes of that. Did they, announce the, did they announce that it's coming back in October? I know they did say that they yeah. would show them. 
All right. Yes, so um, it could be that Doctor Who comes back late October, just before the beginning of November. Yeah, well, it will be late. As Stephen Moffat said, you won't have to... Well, now we don't know about that, but you won't have to wait a few months. You only have to wait well, a few well, months. Well, it seems to be, from what I've heard, is that those episodes will virtually run. They won't be like seven, six episodes and then a month before the Christmas one. It might run so that uh, it finishes just a couple of weeks before Christmas and then the Christmas special. Maybe they'll, they'll space they them apart. Which they haven't done yet. They haven't actually made the Christmas special yet. Yeah, they usually uh, shoot that in... Um, traditionally, I think they shoot that in July. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that's going to wrap things up. Uh, yeah. Thanks, for everyone, for listening. I know it's been a long show, and I'm sorry we, you know, for some technical problems in the beginning, but we got those worked out. And thank you, Dave. As always, you can catch Dave on the Cultum Collective, which is also available on uh, TalkShoe every Sunday, and tomorrow being that we're recording this on a Saturday, at 2 p.m. So every Sunday at 2 p.m. you can catch them live, and the show is also available in iTunes. Um, if you, Dave, if you can give them the call ID yeah, number it's it's uh, it's you at 54821 but of course we're available on iTunes as you said and we have a blog cultum.com yes so definitely check out the cultum collective uh, Dave and Ian also known as the sixth doctor um, um, you know both host that show and do a fine job at it so thank you once again I think that's going to wrap things up so cheers everyone You've been listening to Doctor Who Podshock, presented by the fan-run GallifreyandEmbassy.org. Doctor Who is owned and trademarked by the BBC. Doctor Who Podshock is not affiliated with the BBC in any way. Doctor Who Podshock theme music by Jeff Smith at thejeffsmith.com. This has been a production of Art Trap Productions and is presented to you by the Gallifrey Embassy and has made part has been made part impossible by supporting subscribers and donations from listeners like you. This episode was also supported by the Podshock Podcast Companion app for iOS devices, now in the iTunes App Store. Doctor Who Podshock! Oh, are you boys dressing up as Romans now?